Well, grab your Bibles if you would today. Um, I want to dismiss our youth. We have youth group today. You are dismissed. But open your Bibles to 1 Kings 4 and then Proverbs 8. 1 Kings 4 and Proverbs chapter 8. My title today is Wisdom is Calling. I love one of the translations that says wisdom is crying aloud. Wisdom has a loud voice. So I want to look at at that today and wrap up our summer of Proverbs. Uh, You know, pretty soon we're going to be at Christmas time here. It's going so fast. But wrap up Proverbs, but we don't wrap up Proverbs. We keep reading Proverbs because it is the wisdom of the Lord. So Lord, we pray today as we look into wisdom, which is Jesus, that this is part of our daily life of coming to you, coming to that living water, being people that hunger and thirst for righteousness because we'll be filled. We'll have the insight and knowledge because we seek you first. And so we bless you today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So I wanted to read first, 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32 through 34. We opened with this several weeks ago. Uh, part of the wisdom of Solomon, and it says this, he spoke of 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He also spoke of trees, and of the cedar tree of Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animals, of birds, of creeping things, and of fish, and men of all nations, from all the kings of the earth, who had heard of his wisdom, came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now, when I read this, I remember back to his prayer. His prayer was pure to the Lord when the Lord said to him, Ask. Whatever you ask, I'll give you. And you know how Solomon described himself? I'm a little child. Here's King David's son, who's describing himself as a little child. And his childlike prayer, his childlike heart, was give me a heart that I can judge and lead your people. That was was the little child prayer. And that prayer, God deposited in him all of the wisdom that he'd ever need. In fact, the Bible goes on to say that he was the wisest man, that there was nobody before him and nobody after him, except we know that Jesus is wisdom. We'll see that today in Proverbs chapter 8. So he had that deposited in him when he called himself a little child. Because I was reading this and I thought, why do I need about to read about the hyssop that comes out of the wall? Does that stand out to you? Lord, thank you for the hyssop. That just comes out of the wall. No, you know, it reminds me of in Romans chapter 1 verse 20. It says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that he made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. When Solomon sees wisdom in the hyssop, that comes out of the wall, he's referring back to the creator that created it to do the exact thing that it does. All of those attributes, the thing that we see, should have us stop and have the heart of that little child to look up and to say, it was the creator that did all of this. 
All of those things that we enjoy were from the Creator. You know, wisdom, uh, the first week we did it, wisdom, the Hebrew word means pounding in. Pounding in. Pounding it in. Keep pounding it in. So we're constantly taking wisdom, placing it in, placing it in, pounding it on the inside, getting it on the inside. So when do I stop? Tell your neighbor, you don't ever stop. Tell them you need a daily pounding. No, all right. Daily putting it in. It's placing it in, placing it in, jumping in, jumping into it, reading it when it might seem dry, reading it when I'm tired because I'm placing it in my heart. I'm placing that seed of God's word in my heart. You know, when our kids were little and they finally started to eat solid food and you'd put them in the high chair and you had the big bib on because you knew it was going to be, you know, a slop fest. And whatever night it was, and you open the can, and it would be peas. And you take a smell, oh. But you tried to have a good, happy face. Oh, this is great, right? And you'd get the spoonful of peas, and you'd put it in their mouth, and a reaction would take place. They'd spit it out, and you'd get the spoon, and you'd put it back in their mouth. And there was a battle that took place for a while. You will eat these peas, even though I'm going to clean these peas up again in about five minutes. You're going to eat them. You need to have these peas. But what's funny is if, if you ever did with your kids, you get a little scoop of ice cream when they're little, and you stick it in their mouth, and they just went. You know, th there was a change that took place. Well, they didn't like the peas, but they needed the peas. They wanted the ice cream. You know, we're like that sometimes. We want that quick little thrill to happen. And Proverbs is telling us again, pound it on in. Keep it before your eyes. Keep it in your heart. Keep listening to it. Keep speaking it out. It's life to those that find it. So find it. You know, I was reading um, a couple stories of the wisdom of children that they learned from their parents. A couple of them went like this. My parents taught me never to trust a dog to watch your food. My parents told me this. When they look at you mad and they say, do I look stupid? Don't answer back. <laughs> Never tell your mom that her diet's not working. <laughs> if you want a puppy, start out by asking for a horse. And then probably our favorite, never try to baptize a cat. <laughs> try it, uh, find your neighbor and tell them you want to baptize their cat and you'll find out next week. Well, we find wisdom in little things, but the wisdom that we find is in God's word. So I want to look at Proverbs chapter 8. I want to read the first 11 verses today. Proverbs chapter 8, the first 11 verses. And we'll see where in 8, Solomon uses to not only become a key to us, but to the person of wisdom. Proverbs 8, verse 1. Does not wisdom cry out? And understanding lift up her voice. She takes her stand on the top of the high hill, beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates, at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence and you fools be of an understanding heart 
Listen, for I will speak of excellent things. And from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. And the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot compare with her. Let me read verse 11 again. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all things one may desire cannot compare with her. Talking about wisdom. You know, as we had mentioned before, Solomon refers to wisdom in, with the female announcement, the she. Because Solomon valued wisdom. He had a little different slant. You know, he had 700 wives. Uh, but he valued the woman. Proverbs 31, we read all about the virtues. So he attributes wisdom to a she. And in verse 11, he says there, And all the things that you can desire cannot compare to her. First-hand experience, he knows. Because as a little, his heart as a little one wanted the wisdom of God. Nothing you desire is more important than wisdom. So I like when I read that wisdom is calling out. Wisdom is crying out. Wisdom is speaking out aloud. But we have to ask ourselves, are we listening to it? I like when it mentions four things. It says, from the high hill, it's calling so everyone can hear. Beside the path, so that whoever travels along the path Wisdom is calling out. At the gates of the city, wisdom is calling out. And from the doorways that we all enter, wisdom is calling out. It's speaking out. And here's what we know. God is a speaking God. He's not silent. He is speaking. He's communicating. He's given us his words to begin to speak. And he's saying that, don't desire anything else. Desire me. You know, we raise, my voice is a little raised, we raise our voices at different times. My mom, growing up, my mom didn't have to raise her voice at three boys. My mom had the laser look, we called it. She had a way of looking at you with, with her eyes that made you sit up and straighten up and get out of trouble. But many of us have learned that sometimes our kids don't listen, and so what do we do? We just raise our voice just just a little, just a little. Now, don't raise your hand, but how many of you, how many of you think the person sitting next to you has probably raised their voice at one time or another? We yell at people driving next to us. We yell at our kids. We yell at the dog, right? We yell at different things. When you elevate your voice, you get people's attention. Our voices elevated get people's attention. So I love where Solomon is saying wisdom is elevating its voice calling out to you. Wisdom is calling out aloud. Wisdom is doing it on top of the hill. 
Wisdom's calling out to you as you travel by the road. Wisdom is at the gates of the city. Wisdom is at the doorposts of your house. It's calling out to you. It's greeting you. It's getting your attention. It's wanting you to wake up. It's wanting you to listen. It's wanting, wanting you to pay attention. It's wanting your eyes to read it. Because a raised voice means something is serious. Something needs to be paid attention to. And wisdom wants to speak to everyone. You know, we pay attention to the littlest things sometimes. When I was at the garment district in L.A. last months ago, people will walk by you and they'll say, Gucci, coach. And you think, what did I, what did I hear? They're trying to sell me, per do I look like a purse person? Rolex, you ever hear that? They, they walk right by you. Rolex, Gucci. Well, you know what they want to do is they want to pique your interest and then you follow them to some back alley and you go through a bag. Is this real? Oh yeah, it's real. I think coach is spelled wrong. It starts with a C, and we all, right? We've all been there, walked in these different cities. We were, we were in du the, the old part of Dubai when I was with Pastor Conrad. He was getting cologne, and these guys are coming by us, Rolex, you know, Rolex. I thought, there must be some webinar that teaches these guys the exact thing to say in every city of the world that you just walk by people. Oh, it's probably walking by people that look lost, right? Walk by people, and you just say out the littlest phrases, and they pay attention, isn't it funny that we pay attention to what we want to pay attention to? Coach? Rolex? Uh, G-Shock? Oh, no, we don't care G-Shock. We pay attention sometimes to the littlest things. When wisdom is crying out, it's calling out, calling to us, and we want to pay attention to its voice. Michelle, a couple weeks ago, taught in Proverbs chapter 3, in fact, the one part of verse 5, where it says, and lean not to your own understanding. We may have wisdom because of the experiences that we have been through in life. But I don't want to rely on things I've experienced to be how I move forward. I want to come back to the Lord and back to wisdom to find out because it's a different day. Let's remember that he's new every day morning right he's got new ways i'm not going to rely on the old way to do it i want to rely on what he has to say lamentations we've read it a couple times today 3 verse 20 through 24 though the lord's mercies are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning great is his faithfulness. When you woke up today, he's new every morning. He's a faithful God today. And he's the one that we go to, not leaning on our own understanding, but going to him for the wisdom that we need, trusting in him as we take those steps, believing that he's with us, that he's depositing things in our hearts. He is our wisdom. In uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, I want to read that one before we go on. Because I love where it says this, and this is the transition that we start to see where Solomon then begins to reveal Jesus in uh, Proverbs 8. It says, I love those that love me, and those that diligently seek me find me. I love those that love me, but those that diligently seek me find me. 
Jeremiah 29, uh, 11, many of us know, but if you read on 12, 13, and 14, I believe it's six times that it says, search for me, seek me, search for me, seek me, then you'll find me. And I've mentioned this before, it's like God is saying, hey, I'm playing hide and seek with you, but the more you seek me, you're going to find me. Search for me. Find me. Call to me. My wisdom's calling aloud. It's calling from the top of the mountains. It's calling from the roadways. It's calling from the places you travel. It's calling from the doorstep. But diligently seek me. And I love those that love me. And that's where I go back to. He's new every morning. There's not a new revelation out of the Bible. I can read the same thing and say, I never saw that. I never looked. It's the, it's the same Bible I have. It's because he's new. He's revealing things to us. This Bible, it says, the grass will wither and the flower will fade, but the word of God will last forever, right? Forever we will have this word. And that's why we seek its wisdom. You know, in Exodus uh, chapter 16, I wanted to read this one, one part of the children of Israel. Have you ever complained before? anybody sitting around you a complainer? I don't raise your hand. You know, we complain. Well, the children of Israel, uh, we notice when we read the Old Testament, they were complainers. In fact, when we read this in Exodus 16, 2 and 3, it says, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. I wish God would have killed me in Egypt. At least I had fish and pots full of meat. Is that a terrible thing to say? They complained, and I love where, if you read on, Moses said, don't complain to me. You know, the Lord introduced something to them, and, and it's called manna. And the manna came by the dew in the morning, and in the morning they were to wake up, and they were to go get the manna that they needed for that day, and their household, their tent household, and the amount they needed only. They weren't to keep anything extra. If, if any extra, it would, the worms would get it, it would spoil and every day the Lord would do that. And on the sixth day, to prepare for Sabbath, there was double the amount that they would have to put in, that the Lord would take care of them. The Lord sustained them on manna and then on quail reread for 40 years. 40. Now, I wouldn't want to eat manna for 40 years. But the Lord sustained them for 40 years. But they had to be obedient to go out and gather it and to get it. I think that's what wisdom is telling us. we got to get out to get it. We can't just sit in the tent. and Do they have like an Uber Eats for manna? Can I just call some guy and they, they bring it on in for me so I don't have to go collect it? No, you got to go get it. You've got to jump in. You've got to get out. Go get the understanding. Go after it and get it. And I thought of this as I read in Exodus. They did this early in the morning. And I know many of us, are. some of us are morning people, some aren't morning people. Some of us don't become alive until our lips have tasted coffee or tea or something in the morning. 
But we want to call on the Lord early in our situations, early in our days. He knows the things that we're going to face. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And it's so important, even as we see this one uh, example, that spiritually we want to call on God early in every situation, but we've been seeking his wisdom. We've been trusting in the things that he says so that our hearts can be open, that we can respond and act how he would want us to respond and how to act. Because wisdom isn't a thing. Boy, they're wise. Wisdom in Proverbs 8 is Jesus. Jesus is your wisdom. Wisdom isn't a thing. Boy, they're just, they're so wise. They know everything about motorcycles. I go ask them about motorcycles and boats, and I ask them about building. They know everything. No, we're not trying to get knowledge on everything. We're trying to understand Jesus. He's the person of wisdom. In fact, let's read that in Proverbs 8, verse 22. This whole shift takes place in this chapter. And you'll notice the change in even the language. It says, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. Before his works of old, I have been established from everlasting. Before, or from the beginning, before there was an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with the water. Before the mountains were settled. Before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primeval dust of the world... When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the foundations of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before men, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. Now therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me, finds life, whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But whoever sins against me wrongs his own soul, and all those who hate me love death. And I love that verse 34. Blessed is the man who listens to me watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. You know, in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, we, we hear this and read it echoed from John. John says these words, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. 
You know, verse 14, we read that he came in the flesh, but his delight, Jesus' delight, was in the sons of men. Jesus' delight, or the light, was the light in men. So I love when I read this in Proverbs 8, it kind of gives me a mental picture. You know, we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And I always get this picture in creation that God is the architect. He's the master planner, but Jesus is the craftsman. And he's got the Holy Spirit, which is the power tools. And all together, they're creating this world, the things that we see between the architect, the craftsman, and the power tools himself. But the delight of Jesus wasn't recorded with the things that we enjoy that are created. The delight of Jesus was you. The Father's delight was the Son. The Son's delight is you. Of all of the things that he's involved with, his delight, he is revealed to us as wisdom. So wisdom is not a thing. Wisdom is a person. And the wisdom and the person that's revealed is Jesus. We can't find wisdom from looking at natural things. See, though Solomon looked at the natural things and got wisdom, it wasn't from the natural things where he got wisdom. It was all of the things that God created that were supernatural. So the wisdom that we get shouldn't just be the natural things. It's the supernatural. It's the spiritual things that we get wisdom from. And, I, and in fact, I've highlighted a few things in Proverbs 8, verse 34 and 35, where it says, blessed is the man that listens. Blessed is the man that listens. Lord, let us be people that listen more to you, that open our ears to hear you. Watching daily at my gates. Let us be people that are watching. Jesus told his disciples, because they kept falling asleep, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Let me see the things that are going on in this world but let me not have a, oh, let me be somebody that prays when I see things, when I'm watching. And I love it, it says, waiting at the doorposts of my doors. The person that's waiting. If I wait on the Lord, it renews my strength. That I'm a person that waits on that wisdom. You know, and I think about this. So we have wisdom cries out. Wisdom is revealed is Jesus. So wisdom isn't a thing. Wisdom is a person. But the person of wisdom is Jesus. What we are seeking is Jesus. But here's what Jesus did. Jesus cried out. There's a few times in the scripture where Jesus cried out. And remember, when I raise my voice, you get people's attention. One of the places that he's having to raise his voice is when he's doing the, um, the Sermon on the Mount and he gives us the Beatitudes because there's so many people there. And I love that verse when I read it. We've been reading it all throughout this year where in Matthew 5, 6, he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? Filled. Blessed are those. He said, I love it. Say it with a loud, say, say blessed with me. Ready? Blessed. Look at your neighbor and say blessed. For those that hunger and thirst. But my favorite is John 7, verse 37 and 38. 
On the last day of the feast, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And that's what John continues to say throughout his gospel. Tap into those living waters of the Lord Jesus. Tap into that living water of it being the Holy Spirit. What you need in life is not to go thirsty. What you need in life is to have that fountain to be filled. And, it, and wisdom is saying over again, I'm crying loud. I'm at the top of the mountain. I'm passing you when you drive by me. I'm at your doorpost. Listen, 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 listen. And Jesus cries out, come to me, come to me, come to me. Drink, drink, drink. Stay full. Don't get thirsty. I love that part because out of your heart will begin to have a flow. Out of your heart, let wisdom come forth because you've experienced the person of Jesus. Not because you have all the wisdom in the world, but you know Jesus. You know what they said of the early disciples? These guys are uneducated. How do they know that? But they tell you what, we know they've been with Jesus. And there was a difference about them. They didn't have the education. They didn't have the background. But they had been with Jesus, and it was evident to everyone that saw them that day. Bow your heads if you would with me. Father, we thank you that our lives are marked by you, that our lives have been changed by you, but daily we come back to say, I hunger and thirst for righteousness, and today, Lord, I thank you that you fill me today. We thank you that our mornings we come to you. You're new every morning. We thank you that wisdom and even Jesus cries out on behalf of us and is wanting to speak to our hearts, to lead and to guide us through his word. That whatever we're facing, we're never alone. That we have Jesus, that his delight was in us. He sees the value of our lives. So Father, we come today and we thank you Lord, you told us that if anyone lack wisdom, James says, ask. And so, Lord, like Solomon today, we ask not for some, uh, some idea, but we ask for Jesus to be impacting in our life, to be what we pursue. That the testimony at the end of the day is like the disciples. People knew that they had been with Jesus. It was evident. It was known. They were marked. They were different. They were changed. They looked at the world different. Their relationships had been changed. Their faith had been elevated. And so, Father, we thank you for taking all of our lives, and we remember in Romans, we're to bring our life before you as an offering. And so, Lord, we thank you that you fill us up to full Lord, I pray even this week in the situations that we'll face. I thank you, Lord, today that there's no fear. That there's no worry. 
The Apostle Paul tells us to be anxious for nothing. But Lord, we pray throughout the days, throughout the steps, throughout the places that we go, that the wisdom of Jesus and the Word speaks so clear to our hearts. We'll know exactly what to do because He said so. And we can step and know that He is leading and guiding us because, Father, we lean not to our own understanding. We trust You. Your footing is sure. And we honor you this day in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Stand with me as we close.